When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Uh, a friend's older brother, they got really nice hummus from this place in Chicago. And one day we're sort of snacking and like, you know, they're like, hey, come on, like, try, try the hummus. And... I have it on a cracker. I'm like, yeah, this ain't bad. His older brother comes in, digs in with his fingers like a claw, and just walks out sucking his fingers clean of hummus. And then his little brother, who I was friends with but would not be friends with much longer, continued to eat from the hummus as if nothing fucking weird had just happened. And, like, me and my other friend, like, are looking at each other, and we're like, what? Yeah, we're, we're recording. Uh, or I'm recording. Uh, me and my other friend are looking at each other, like, and it's just one of those things where it suddenly recontextualizes every bit of food or drink you've had in that home. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I I have a very real you-cannot-eat-in-everybody's-home policy. Like, like I, I, if you offer me food, like, I will probably take some food. However, there are things you can do where I'll be like, nope. We're done yeah. here. Yeah, We're that, done that was, here. That was a, like, I'm sorry, like, I can't oh eat any of your food ever again. Like, so, unless I see the package opened in front of me, I'm not eating eating here. So, speaking of weird food shit, my girlfriend struggles to take pills uh, and so takes them with food. Um, mm-hmm. because if she tries with water, she'll like often like gag really bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, similar issue. Yeah. Okay. So we got some Teddy grams for that exact purpose. Hmm. And we were, we got, we were like eating a Teddy grams. Great, 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 great. We get to like midway through the box of Teddy grams and Hannah reaches mm-hmm. in and she pulls out something that I can only describe as looking like an owl pellet. Decent chance that some sort of dropping. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why I was because she was like, oh, what's this like? Why is there like a huge piece of weed in here? And I did. I did. I did resist the urge to immediately tease her for that. Uh, However, she's like, why is there a huge fucking piece of weed in here? I was like, I am 85 percent sure. Hey, the Teddy Grahams are done today. No more Teddy Grahams. Yeah, we threw those away immediately. I could probably. Here's the problem, though. Uh, My love for the Teddy Graham is so strong. Even hearing that story. No, we didn't smell it. It's it probably looked, super desiccated. I'll bet you didn't. It was smell extremely like desiccated. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was. Ex- I was gonna but, say, what if it was just a fucked up Teddy Graham that went through the machine? Well, wrong? so this is the thing. Like, <laughs> you do sometimes get things where it's like, um, uh, MK loves the cereal Kashi. It's the most annoying fucking mm, cereal yeah. in history, but it is kind of yeah, tasty. Yeah. But like, it is like, do you ever just want to chew a bowl of rocks? Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like cereal, right? <laughs> but like, sometimes their baking process goes a little bit wrong, and they create something that basically is just a rock of like, <laughs> yeah. The 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 bake and then the spray the the like the powder flavoring all congeals and then gets yeah. like superheated and it's yeah. like a tooth shattering disaster. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> so like sometimes like stuff like that just happens in right. manufacturing, but uh you get weird. Yeah, but anyway, things. like here's the problem. Like here's how I'm wired though. Even hearing that story, I'm like, oh man, I could I could murder some Teddy Grams right now. Yeah. yeah. No, no, <laughs> if someone was like, Hey bro, I just brought some Teddy Grams, I was like, Cool, I'll just pick out the owl shit. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get it. I get it. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> sorry. Time sorry. Dies. Sorry. 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 You can buy small premium owl pellets sets of 30. What? For, oh, it's for teaching. It's, it's for, for, teaching. It's for okay. laying out. It's, okay. for, it's okay. for serving Teddy Grahams. Uh, okay. <laughs> At your next function, you got to mix them in. <laughs> Just lay them out on a plate. Yeah. And uh, where's the decorative owl pellets? It's like uh, King's Cake, you know? You don't know what you're going to find. <laughs> Sorry, Kato, you said King's and then a food name. I thought you were talking about King's Hand for a second. The greatest <laughs> oh, dream no, food ever invented. Now I'm just imagining like a, oh. a cir- like a like a little pile of Teddy Grahams with like a circle of owl pellets around it, as if you're about to cast Summoning. some spell yep. on the Teddy Grahams. <laughs> wow, Beelzebub really loves Teddy Grahams. I, I swear, guys, this time the great bear will awaken. <laughs> All right, good time that is, and clap in. We tried this with gummy bears. It didn't work. Wait. Is Patrick not what's, here today? Patrick will be here shortly. Oh, okay. Also, wait, what's the time we're clapping on, Rob? You never said that. Uh, we're going to go on 30. Okay. Uh, yeah, Patrick uh, sent his kid off to school without some school project stuff. And oh, so, no. Yeah, so he's like racing over there to, to <laughs> and fix that. Yeah. All right. What's good, Internet? It's April 26th, 2023, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 568. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Ricardo Contreras. I really hope Patrick ran out the door with a piece of toast in his mouth like an anime child late for school. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun image to me. (laughs) I hope he made this sound. Whoa! <laughs> and that was Renata Price. Hi. And Patrick Klepek uh, will be joining us later once uh, once he has delivered some stuff uh, to <laughs> to school. Patrick Klepek will return. So yeah, it's been uh, it, it's been a week where there's been a lot going on. We're getting ready for the shutdown and everything. Uh, not quite as much gaming as as I would hope as I would hope there would be. Um, I, but you know, Patrick's not here, so I can just tell you. Okay, so the other day, <laughs> last weekend, is he the um, only thing stopping you normally? Is that it? Is is it just the last weekend? I was like, I don't know where they want to play. You sure as hell aren't stopping him. <laughs> I want to play something. I want to play something fucking mean and like cyberpunky. Hell yeah! And so it was time to play Starbreeze Studios Syndicate. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking and I'll go. Tell you, that decision was tremendous. It's that such decision a good was fantastic. Game. And hey, you know what's good? Just a proper fucking shooter. Is it a big open world? No. no. They are levels. They are pretty linear. You are you are going down corridors with machine guns and shotguns and you are just clearing them out what? and it rules. Machine guns, shotguns, but also the fucking rifle that has the two different sights. That you can flick between with the, with the wall penetration, that is one of the that is the er single shot rifle to me in all of video games. I think that they I, th- I think that they peaked as a form with that <laughs> gun, and we shouldn't we shouldn't have progressed past that point. Well, also, the um, 
the fire that's the the rifle that fires the smart rounds that uh, have light tracking on them yes. feels tremendous like okay tracking guns are not a new thing in games but no. starbreeze made good fucking shooters and the weapon feel on that particular weapon feels tremendous like it requires some real craft to properly arc those shots and like figuring out what angles they can make and like how to like how to draw in it's great I I'm so sad. I never got to play that game's multiplayer. I only got to play it once uh, during a save point. Uh, and I know it's sick. I know I know it's from what I understand, like like conceptually and like execution wise, relatively sick. I want to say it was me, Natalie, Emmanuel, and probably Austin because Austin was like super into it. And yeah, the multiplayer was incredible, hard as hell, uh, because like. It is a it's it's a bit like payday in that yeah. things kick off and then the ratchet is just intense uh, mm-hmm. and 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 spirals upwards. Um, but the single player is terrific too. I think a, a thing I really enjoy about it is just like I don't know. It's it's weird. Maybe maybe it stood out less in its time because everything was sort of grim, dark, and edgy. But the thing that strikes me playing Syndicate is like genuinely how grim and bleak it's an ugly like to borrow a jacob geller term it is an ugly game like it is a it is a it's yes like i i think i still think about the scene where i believe you're trying to get into a facility uh and you hack someone's brain to shoot his friend and then himself in the head and that's Uh, that's how they introduce the persuader tron mechanic yes yeah yeah it's 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 it is an a heinous game uh in terms of vibes uh and i fucking love it i and it doesn't even have that like in the deus ex prequels and even mm-hmm. and even the original deus ex even though that is a very uh like you know dark future type game all of those are sort of responding to and they're shot through with reactions to techno optimism uh mm-hmm. te- techno utopianism and if you go to like the Deus Ex prequels, even there, there is a strong sense of like, ah, the, like the world is 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 turning the shit, and this technology is being this technology is being like perverted and twisted. Uh, but the thing that is missing that is present in Syndicate is that like there is no hope in the world of Syndicate, like no. absolutely none. Like there there is no one in a position of power authority who has any vision of this like blind animalistic like reproduce and enhance your power that is that is what the the corpos and syndicate are all about they're just like mindless consuming machines uh you know conducting industrial warfare for no real reason other than to perpetuate themselves right and do it in the cruelest way possible like the, it is a it is a very real the cruelty is the point ass video game at times um it, it, I'm just Dude, watching it, footage of it. It also moves. God damn, it, this game moves. The movement is incredible. The audio soundscape is one of the best. Like, I, uh, the sound of weapons in different environments, the punchiness of all the weapons, the impacts, like, it, like, they don't make them like this anymore. And I've, I had kind of forgotten how different, like, a properly constructed shooter lands. There's a little sweat. I'm I'm watching a, a preview, uh, a gameplay preview from 2011, uh, or actually no, 2012. Um, 
there's a little sway to the guns but like what's happening is there's a there's the implication that there is a body that is moving and the pistol is still being pointed directly where your reticle is and so it like there's just that a little bit of physicality that is so evocative Oh, syndicate fucking rules. But it, but it doesn't compromise the sense of being like a swift, responsive shooter. No. Um, yeah, it's no, like... No, and that's the thing. The pistol is always pointing at your reticle, right? There's yeah. always a little bit of like, how do I move in such a way where I can get my body to still be generally in this area? And like, it's just a little animation detail that's like really impressive and like brings it all together in a way that I like really respect, as you were saying. Um... I need to okay yes and the uh like the voice actor list is incredible. Brian Cox is in it uh basically doing the most Brian Cox ass performance. He's the head of Eurocorp. And he is in his full like Hannibal Lecter just absolutely ice cold sinister bastard mode. Yeah. Uh it's it, it's incredible stuff. So for people like just to just to give you some background, I think one of the things that um like Syndicate is kind of EA dusting off a property for one of the many studios they acquired and killed over the years, uh, Bullfrog Syndicate series. And I think that when we talk about the meanness, I think one of the things that you can't lose sight of is like when I encountered Syndicate uh, when I was a kid, it was like an EA Classics collection or whatever. Uh, but th that was a top-down, not top-down, but like isometric, um, like... Today we would call it a a twin stick shooter, but it was like a shoot 'em up. But like what you were controlling was a squad of like four little c cyborg agents uh, through these missions. But the thing that was really striking about it as a kid was you were going through what for the time felt like living cities, right? There traffic, there's traffic on the streets, tons of civilians and everything. And the game didn't care how many of those civilians you killed or how you used them. Uh, and so one of the tools they give you early is this thing called the Persuadertron, where if you moved an agent with a Persuadertron active near a civilian, they'd get, like, brain-controlled. And they would start, like, following you around like a, like a little baby duck. Uh, and as you acquired more people as part of your little, like, hive mind, more people would follow. And what that basically created was an armor bubble around your agents. Oh, my God. Yes. So you could walk into engagements with other enemy agents where, like, the super, like, agents are super soldiers compared to, like, the cops you're killing right and yeah. left in this. Uh, and so the value of having these herds of, of, of civvies is that, one, as you killed enemies, they would pick up guns so they could help you out during firefights. But, two, uh, when the shots started flying, there was a wall of meat between you and enemy agents uh, that like they would have to cut through before they were like doing damage to you, mm -hmm. and you know, as a kid, I was like, I was floored, right? I was like, this this game, this is the hardest game of all time. You you finish it, you finish gun battle, and it's like just bodies littering the street, burning cars, etc. Amazing stuff. Um, and and all just gleefully for you know you're the bad guys, right? This is kind of Bullfrog's yeah. thing. Like this is yeah. the Dungeon Keeper Studio, if I'm not mistaken. It's all. Uh, it's, it's all very, you know, we are, you're, it's very transgressive. <clears throat> the, the IP, I think Syndicate Wars was well regarded. I never played it. I always meant to, but like, you know, the studio kind of withered under EA franchise is kind of abandoned. And then Starbreeze 
makes uh, Syndicate like years and years later. Right. We got Mr. Caffeine here. Mr. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh wow, Patrick, that's, a nice, that's different... a nice haircut, Mr. Caffeine. I just got one. Yeah, I got one this morning. Looking good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my, but... it's, it's... Anyway, sorry, syndicate talk. Please continue. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so they go and they're like, and this is probably the flaw in the project. They're like, we're, we're rebooting syndicate. And I'm not sure when they did that, there were still a lot of people who were like, fuck yes, syndicate. Uh, I'm not sure that that moment was, was still there. But the game they made is the first-person shooter equivalent of of that original game in a lot of ways in terms of its attitude, its bleakness, its, uh, like, wanton but, like, pointed violence. And it's all those things while still also being, like, just incredibly satisfying to play because Starbreeze is, like, an, like was an elite, uh, like, first-person shooter-making studio. It would be so easy to look at Syndicate as like a failure of imagination in terms of like how do you bring a franchise back, right? That 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 that, that reading or like that perspective on the game is like so easy to see how you get there. They turned like a really inventive like twin stick shooter into like a boring FPS, right? Uh, and instead, they made one of the best FPSs that has ever been made. Uh, and I've I've just been watching like gameplay video and. I, it is a incredibly like feel heavy game and also one that like you know translates that bleakness and like that disregard for human life uh from the mechanical to like both the mechanical and the narrative right like there is uh, in this like t- 11 minute gameplay trailer uh, I'm seeing you like take a and this is how you get upgrades in this game is you like take a human being you take a little the worst device you've ever seen. You kill them, you shove it into the side of their head, and then it reaches its little tendrils into their brain. While you see it in x-ray vision. Yeah. And and pulls out this little chip. And, like, it's it's an extremely grisly animation. And, like, the game knows this. It knows that what, like, that it's gross as fuck uh, and has decided to commit to that. Um, And I don't know. I think that, like, it was for the time... In a time that was like very, you know, defined by kind of mid first person shooters without imagination, Syndicate is like such a beacon of what that era could have been. I think it's still on EA Game Pass, uh, if people are curious. And it's one of those things where, like, I think it, it looks more dated in stills than it is in reality. Uh, yeah. The graphic style is very clean. Um, and it, it just, it, it has a look that is, there's a little bit timeless. Uh, and so it's very easy to, to slip back, slip back into, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I've been up to. Uh, there was a cool know. time for EA though, right? Like that's when they, that's mirror's edge. Um, yeah. you know, syndicate, I mean like it's, it's an era, uh, around of the EA originals, brutal legend rock band. I mean, EA is a, is a company that's very easy to criticize. They've done a lot of mishandlings over the years but there was that you know a period where they were doing some interesting things taking some like syndicates a risk like i understand yeah it does fall into that bucket of oh they just took an old property and made it into a shooter and i just think a lot of people could not get past that i think for kind of understandable reasons because the cynicism was well earned (laughs) um but i think part part of why syndicate has had a enduring legacy is because it's been borne out over time that like oh actually it was trying to do something awfully cool um you know it's the, the true of mirror's edge as well but it's the problem when an ea puts it out it's like it can't it can't be 
a like small success. It has to be a blockbuster because that is that is kind of the market that a, a publisher like they are are in. I didn't think it was interesting that I was I was reading the Wikipedia page where um the some of the original developers of Syndicate were not super happy that like it was that distanced from a lot of what the original game was, and so Satellite Rain, which yes. like comes from yeah. the Syn- Syndicate Wars uh, designer, was explicitly a public response. To the oh, I never put reboot. those two things together. That's yes, fascinating. It, um, I mean, maybe it's I'm reading a Wikipedia page. Maybe it is yeah. like anything more complicated than that. But that it was like, oh, this is oh, this is what they're doing with Syndicate. Well, let's let's go make something. And if I, I you know, uh, I didn't play this, but my understanding was it was like pretty well received, right? That, yeah, like, Austin, Austin, I, cool. Austin and I did a three MA on it. Uh, it is it is very cool. It's um, it is a game with a lot of uh like depth and possibility in it. Uh, it, it like there, there's a lot going on. in it. I think that, like for me, that was also a little bit like um, a bit like the original syndicate got for me. Like there are times that verges on like a little unwieldy, uh, but in the way of like, wow, this game also lets you do an awful lot of things. Yeah. Wasn't syndicate also of the era where it came out on a bunch of consoles and every version was different. Oh my god! Oh, was this one like Sony was demanding everything have a no, little no, special? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm meaning original Syndicate. Oh, uh, original Syndicate. I think was just PC. Um, Syndicate Wars might have come out on consoles, but I feel like original Syndicate was like. I wonder what game I'm thinking. No, Syndicate did come out on everything. <laughs> the original um, Syndicate went out on consoles. Sega Genesis, uh, yeah. NES, PlayStation, PSP. What year did it go? Like, was there... I'm just curious. Was it, like, the same year? Or was it, like, a couple years later it got no, ported over? Later thing, it looks like. Just because that, that that is an era in which you could not reasonably expect that what you were buying on the Super Nintendo was the same as what you were buying on the Genesis. Like, those could be wholly different right. like, oh, yeah. games. And I... I the Aladdin head, problem. Yeah, in my... Yeah, yeah. In my head, I'm thinking Syndicate is one of those where, like... People could reasonably go, actually, the Genesis version was like so much better, not because it like had a cooler sound chip that had like a better dynamic range, but because it was like fundamentally a different well, game. Well, I can't imagine Nintendo letting Syndicate be Syndicate at all. I have no idea. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and this might not even be the game that I'm scra- this is just this was common of the era. I mean, um, listening to the list of ports, though, it feels like or, uh, it's like MS-DOS, Amiga, Amiga, Mac, Sega Genesis, SNES. Atari Jaguar, 3DO, Sega CD. I feel like oh, none of yeah. the, the, there's no way all of these could okay, be the same. Well, so, so right? this, 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 the Wikipedia says a separate version was made for the simpler 16-bit consoles, as the hardware could not support the complexity of the original game. It contained new level design and different graphics. Um, so it, it yeah, you know, maybe working off a similar br- blueprint, but probably more actiony um, or, or less tacticy. Uh, if I had to strike a guess real quick can i like note a historical detail about the time that syndicate was released in yeah this was the ea voted worst company in america two years in a row era of ea so like i think there's they're so stupid um they're so dumb but like that is that i think that is what has colored you know that is part of what colored the game's like initial reception was the fact that like it wasn't just like People were mad at EA a little bit. People like EA didn't have a bad reputation. EA had the worst possible reputation uh, at the time in a way that was like. Uh, even now feels like kind of unique uh, in, in like 
there nothing was I feel like a publisher other than maybe Activision Blizzard right now has never been hated as much as EA was in like the 2012 to 2013. But I mean, and again, like part of the earned reputation, like, okay, the gamers voting them above oil companies, you know, is 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 bad. Like that's 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 a given. But it's, you know. Oh, so you're bringing back Syndicate, making a first-person shooter. Right, because you fucked up Bullfrog. Like, because you just can't manage a studio. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? No, like, I get it, how we get like, there. Yeah, and I'm not saying, you, I'm not saying, yeah, I, I just. Right, but, but, it, the, but this was also so far past that era, even. Like, that's, it thing, is. Like, that's the 90s. Everyone this was is, shutting well studios that. by then. Yes, like, it's yes. the, the whole, like, even by the time people were like, EA kill studios, it's like, I'm sorry, children, you don't need, like, name five studios EA kill. <laughs> because, like. Y'all well, are actually, we, we probably could do that. We probably could do that, actually. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no but we could. But the thing is, like, the people who were like, EA, like, EA is a terrible company, it's a terrible publisher. A lot of that was like, yes, but its worst crimes were like years ago that you're mm-hmm. that you're pissed off about. This is about other stuff. This is this is whining about other aspects of their business model uh, at a time when the company was still trying to do interesting things as a big publisher. And just across the way, you could see what the future was over at Activision. And everyone had no problem with that. It was just like, yeah, hell yeah, slop us up. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't know. Like, it, it like, it, it's weird. Like, EA's reputation was, like, at its worst in a lot of ways at a time when it was, like, actively trying to be a better company than than was the median for like large publishers uh and you know that that moment passed i i do also feel like in this era though like they released this run of cult hits and i don't know why they never became more than cult hits like it's it's i mean what other company would approve two sick and twisted alice in wonderland games rob american mcgee presents i actually <laughs> quite liked that first yeah. one <laughs> Frankly, I, I, I mean, kind of I was uh, I was of the, yeah. I don't know if that game is any good, but like it was of the era where sick and twisted Alice in Wonderland. I was like, yeah, sign me up. Like that sounds great. Actually, you like Dante's Inferno, all right? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it 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 sucks that like look because you know we just got the Dragon's Dogma two announcement, uh, and like the Dragon's Dogma two same era as Syndicate. I feel like was failed in pretty similar ways. Like, like by, by its, its reception at the time where like a bunch of freaks were like, Hey, wait, everyone, everyone, I think this may actually be like really excellent, uh, versus, um, like what the easy, like shitty read of it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think part of, part of what also goes wrong here is Starbreeze kind of folds up and you can say like the Starbreeze legacy moves into other studios, but like, you know, the thing about. Why hasn't there been another one of these? Uh, Starbreeze fingers got burned with after a series also, of like really fascinating. They made payday. Like they they've been making payday for. Uh so a company named Starbreeze. Okay, has been making payday. My understanding is, uh, what was the company Overkill? It was like one of those things that I think was like an acquisition takeover effectively where overkill was the company that basically made payday starbreeze acquired them but all the overkill people ended up running the show and it basically became overkill under the starbreeze brand but like the starbreeze development people who'd made shit like um uh the darkness syndicate um they're into machine games right uh, an- another ugly game another ugly ass game the darkness and an all timer, just another like, yep. 
incredible game. But yeah, uh, uh, I, like, I, so- I, I, I've been watching. I'm about three fourths through the Double Fine documentary Psych Odyssey, mm-hmm. and I've mentioned it before. One cannot recommend it more. Like it, I, it, frankly, should be like a required text for people to watch. Um, to to just watch a game from start to like broadly from start to finish. It's, it's excellently made, but during this, it's easy to forget that Psychonauts two got a, a lot of its funding in the middle of its development or beginning of its development from Starbreeze. Starbreeze then got caught up in a stock trading, uh, controversy. I forget the exact details of which, in which executives at the company kind of go into hiding and cannot be found. The company gets taken over by the government as they like Fuck work yeah. through the books, <laughs> like psychonauts. Like there are these stand up meetings where, you know, like it's like every Monday morning, Tim Schafer gets in front of the entire studio. Um, and like, so star breeze. Do we know where the CEO is? We don't. Are the checks still coming through? They are for how long? Great question. And then can we get some project Damn, updates? Damn, he's just like about- us. He's exactly. just like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tim um, Schafer's exactly like us. <laughs> and I, I, I think Starbreeze came out on the other side of that, restructured, but as a result of that, like, weren't really, like, in the publishing business. I think they were in the middle of making Payday 3, but, like, it is wild to, like, have this conversation while having just watched a bunch of, like, incredibly stressed game developers go through... Uh, like awaiting checks from from this company, and it's just it's yeah, Starbreeze, bizarre. Well, I guess like speaking of distra- uh like stressed and distressed game developers, um, this probably landed on my radar a bit more uh, than you all, just because like I play Company of Heroes games, but like Relic hit right. by big layoffs. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is Relic going week. to continue to be a strategy developer? I don't know how big Relic is, but I feel like 121 people is a lot for a studio. I think uh, I saw that it accounted for about half, maybe. Um, That that is truly horrible news. Um, But it it kind of the my gut reaction to that is Company of Heroes three didn't sell very well or not to expectations, and that is that kind of deep cut is a result of missing sales expectations, and then a project falls through. you know, like didn't make it past the prototype phase or hit a milestone. And but they're wholly owned by Sega at this point, right? Yeah, they are. Um okay. I I do wonder what the you know, obviously I think they they sort of said they're not they're not halting development on Company of Heroes 3. You know, they're gonna continue to work on it and maintain it, but what does that mean? I don't know. There is a weird so there's been a series of disconnects around Company of Heroes 3, uh, where I think a lot of us who a lot of us who played it at launch saw the single player campaign had tons of issues. It was really not what anyone was was hoping for. Uh, conceptually, it didn't it didn't really work out in a lot of ways, but still it had a kernel of like a great RTS single player campaign, some, some great missions. But the thing that really started to jump out at me in the ensuing weeks is um, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't use this shitty little feature of my Pixel phone, but I'm lazy and this is how they get you. So on a Pixel phone, if you if you're on your homepage and you swipe, uh, you swipe right, you go to like a Google News feed, which is like a mix Dog of interesting shit. stories and then some around the around the web shit, right? Uh, but it's starting to figure out that you know, I partake of the games news sometimes, <laughs> and uh, so assigned gamer at Pixel. <laughs> for for weeks, I was getting like. It was just telling me, like, hey, you want to read another angry Reddit thread about Company of Heroes 3? 
And so the vibe I began to pick up is that like, like things that were getting a lot of pickup on Reddit were people complaining about Company of Heroes 3. Steam reviews, not good. Uh, the community is like kind of rejecting this game and being like, I'm just going to go back to Company of Heroes 2. Is it kind of, is it like an unfinished narrative? Like we've had a lot of really rough launch state games, like not exclusive to PC gaming by far, but I think we've had a kind of a rolling thunder of, of, of games launching in states that feel not quite early access, but certainly, ah, is this out the door? I can't remember how you felt you know, in terms of how this one launched, if it kind of fell within that bucket. It felt, it felt finished, but like also a little half-assed in a lot of ways. Like in ter- it was like the game worked, but in terms of like, I guess what you call like fit and finish, like build quality type stuff, it wasn't there, right? It was like um, the contractors left and they didn't put in a lot of the trim uh, and seal up all the holes. Like there's just a lot of places where like, it looks like you're dealing with placeholder art still in the UI that never gets finished. Um, you know, they're, they're game like red threads. People were sharing was like, here's what the game looked like in the pre alphas. And here's what it looks like in reality. It's Uh-oh. way less impressive. That's not where you, that's not where you um, want to be. <laughs> and the so dark souls Two looking at screenshots. Remember when there was lighting on the torches, they took it away from us. <laughs> so there's a bit of that though. I still think the game looks really good in, in motion. I, I think that stuff is a little overstated, but the big thing seems to be there. There's a large sense that there's a lot of folks that felt out of the box. The game was massively unbalanced in multiplayer. And I think related to that and the fact that like multiplayer RTS games are not as big as they used to be. Who is left is a community that like is pretty reactionary and maybe a little bit toxic. Like one of the things that swept through that community was that you couldn't get a good game. You were, you were stuck in queues waiting for games forever. And then people would just quit out of matches the minute they saw the matchup and they were like, I don't want to play this faction. I don't like this, this, this is unbalanced. This is bullshit. I'm quitting. And so it be, it was like the multiplayer RTS was kind of the bread and butter of this developed reputation for being unbalanced. Yes, but more importantly, because of those ongoing issues, a game where it was just impossible to find good pickup games using any kind of auto matching. And so wait times got worse fast and like people did, I guess, start going back to Company of Heroes 2. I don't know how representative this this all is of the actual experience versus people who are getting mad online but it's this it is this weird thing of like company of heroes 3 the big swing to win over people who were kind of unconvinced by rts games was the single single player campaign which had some major issues and then like the multiplayer which was really aimed at like the company of heroes faithful came under really hard fire, and I think the company of Heroes Faithful in some ways began burning the game down, both publicly and in terms of their behavior uh, in matchmaking queues. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a single data point, but, you know, just looking at the concurrence for Coming of Heroes 2 and 3 on SteamDB, it's like right now there are just under 2,000 people playing Coming of Heroes 3, and right now there are just under 5,000 people playing Company of Heroes 2. So yeah. it does seem like there has been a not ideal. There's been a retreat, and like if you look at, um, oh, I just lost it. But anyway, like if <laughs> to describe it with a hand, I was looking at the the data of the the player count, and obviously launch is going to be a spike, but it's just <laughs> like it is just up and then just a diagonal down to the corner, suggesting that players maybe stuck around to 
play that single player campaign that I know you were pretty high on in, in parts, Rob. But then once you've burned through that with with these games need to live and die on is not replaying the campaign, but is engaging in multiplayer and the communal aspects. And it seems like people m- may have made the decision to, well, if I want that. I'll well, go to the one where the community already exists instead of building a new one in the third game. They kind of, so here's the weird thing. This is a bit of history repeating. I uh, like I I don't hold me to this, but I feel like when Company of Heroes two came out, it was like, but the but the game is so much further along and the community is so much more mature with Company of Heroes one. I mean, is this and, every multiplayer game? Like, like, I feel like, like every like, Smash game, I hear this. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, you know, Ren, you play a lot more fighters than than I do, but. How how analogous is this to controversial switches between communities that get attached to a particular version of a fighting game and then the new one comes along for commercial, for design reasons, and then communities are forced to sort of make decisions? So I will say that fighting games are played a lot more concurrently than than I, I think strategy games, or at least from my understanding, what, what Rob is describing in Company of Heroes here, right? Like Rob's describing specifically the Company of Heroes community, but like, you know, if if take Guilty Gear Strive, for example, there are players who were professional or at a like, you know, top tier level in both Strive and Exerd simultaneously. Uh, and were and were like practicing both games simultaneously. There's like a there's a class of player who plays multiple games at this level and like even even me for example like once once street fighter 6 comes out i will not be like ditching strive completely i will be playing strive and street fighter 6 um and so i think that it's there is a degree of analogousness here but also like the other thing that has come with fighting games and and like their more recent updates is rollback and rollback is a is a full game changer in terms of like the way that people approach fighting game communities um if if a game has rollback, people will play that game over the version or the previous edition that did not have rollback, like mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, because it's it's that much of a technical improvement. Um, but no, like definitely people get like attached to um, certain system mechanics and like stick with one game over over later games. That happens all the time. Uh, it's just not on. I would not consider it to be on this scale. Um, there's like a a reason why it's the fighting game community, and like there's yeah. obviously sub communities dedicated to specific games under that, but the FGC is the whole thing, and like that's I guess, the, yeah, I guess it is kind of that is kind of unique, unique like. to yeah. fighting games where like there is a genre community yeah. that yeah. feels bonded mm-hmm. in a way that you do not. I think you would rarely maybe there's a little bit on strategy. It's like maybe it's more niche genres like have like a kind of a broader stitching. But I, I do consider that like pretty unique to the fighting game, like where you have an actual acronym like an FGC, yeah. which is just not true of anything else. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the esportsification of it is 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 an essential part of of that difference but also like i don't know there is something different about the way in which you play a fighting game compared to the way in which even a multiplayer you play a strategy game um there is just like a different level of connection to the other person uh who is who is playing that game and it causes like a different kind of community growth right like i, I don't think that rob correct me if i'm wrong here no one is going to search you on Twitter after losing to you in a strategy game to be like, go fuck yourself, but also great sets. I really appreciate the way you play. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Right, that happens in fighting games like all the time. Like I was, I was, I was playing uh, a fighting game recently, and like you know, someone like found tracked down my Twitter and was like, "Hey, good sets. Uh, I actually think that you use this one mechanic really well." Um, and like, so I, I think that the the community is like functions too differently to be analogous. I think that the other big thing though is just like you know, Company of Heroes two existed for like ten years without a without a sequel, and so like. They've given that game away for years, effectively. I mean, that was so, like, also my question was like, yeah, the gap between these games like contributes to some of this issue on, on the community level. Yeah, you end up with like an install base problem, uh, yeah. right? Where it's like every time you launch one of these, are you going to convince people to walk away from the thing they picked up for five bucks and enjoyed for years? Are you going to convince them to come pay like 40, 50 for the new thing? That proves to be tough, especially when the initial reaction is almost always like really negative or it's focusing on the negative. Yeah. Ren. I was going to say like, I own, I've never played company of heroes. However, I do own company of heroes one and two because of a humble bundle. And yep. like, I, I think that like, that was the other thing is that like, you know, to, to call back to different eras and like different ways in which games released and were purchased. Uh, the like peak of the humble bundle era was, I, I think aligned with like a, a large influx of players to games like company of heroes two that have since like, not been able to like transfer those player bases over yeah it's um right and and i think that is but the thing is that is also something that could change with time right like i think in the long run if they actually do stick with company of heroes 3 they can probably replace company of heroes 2 uh they will they can slowly like winnow that community and, and and win them over uh to to the newer game provided they get the runway and it sounds like that runway may not be there because like these are really dispiriting layoffs um I don't know like which, you know, departments were most affected, but uh again, it's just a it's a huge number that really bodes poorly for the future of Relic, which really sucks because they're a, you know, legendary strategy game studio. There just aren't um, that many that operate at that like the blockbuster strategy developer is just increasingly the to- like the total war game you know what i mean like it is like is, is like the, there just aren't that many studios that specialize in this style uh, of game um and so what like what would be left like what would be the next major project from them that you would expect like i don't know war- like warhammer right isn't that the other big one that they Warhammer Dawn of War 3 might have poisoned that well. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Emmanuel will, will tell you that game got just an unreasonably bad rap. Uh, like it was a they tried to in some ways try to bridge. They tried to ride two horses at the same time where they're like, we're going to do classic RTS, but it also be a it'll be like MOBA esque. And no, hold on it ended up being kind of neither fish nor fowl. Uh. And I think that turned a lot of people off. But Emmanuel went back and played it like last year when this is the sickest thing I've ever like both sick in terms of, hey, that's awesome. But also like, uh, you know, we need to have Emmanuel's brain examined uh, some someday by science. <laughs> Emmanuel went back and played all the Dawn of War games. Uh, all of them? That's, that's sicko mode Rob, and oh. Rob's already down that road. Except, he, but he actually made it happen. He did it. He, he, he found it. the time. He was like, I'm on the Soulstorm. And I'm like, how <laughs> are you on to Soulstorm? How is this happening? I don't so, know. Is this what people is this what people do when uh, freed from the shackles of like, having to play games at a pace? I was about to say, 
that it's for covers. Like, the you know what? Between Emmanuel and I Rob don't is. have <laughs> to play this game. I can just spend the next three months playing the Warhammer game. Yeah. yeah. But I also think, like, it's just, to me, there's also, like, that's a lot. Emmanuel's got to have an ability to just zero in on a game and be like, this is what I'm doing when I'm not doing other stuff that yeah. I just lack. Where I'm like, oh, what, you know, what should, what should I do tonight? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give that night, night agent show a shot rather than, rather than play games. And then it's like, <laughs> wow, this is like, uh, th- this is, this is like, um, three days of the condor parallax view written at a fourth grade reading level. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> well, and then also famous, like, uh, sets, sets aside on a project, goes to accomplish it. Like just recently asked very politely, Manuel, not someone that has like asked for game codes a lot, you know, like we have a, you know, or have had soon Those <laughs> days a, are done. A, a, a spot, a spot in uh slack, uh, you know, we're put extra game codes and like we'd used all the dead Island ones. Rob and I had played that and Emmanuel asked like, please, sir, would, is there another dead Island code? Like, I got you. I know this PR person. I'm pretty sure I can get a third one. Like, and this is on a Friday. So I sent that email. Monday morning, like 10 a.m., code comes in. Paste it. I'm so excited. I'm like, look, look, I I, I, I come with a bounty on Monday. And he's like, uh. And I was like, what is the uh? Like, Did you not give me one full business day to accomplish this task? No. <laughs> I was not given that. Just bought it. Just, oh, I put it over the weekend. It's like, did you think about telling me so I could have not canceled the request? No. Sorry. All Manuel does goes off on a mission, accomplishes yeah, it. It's Dead it's, Island or Company of Heroes or uh, Warhammer. So, like, but anyway, so the point is, but he coming out of this, he swore the Dawn of War three was okay. not what people swore it was, and it was like if you really got got with it. It was actually a much more traditional, like a great Dawn of War game, fit, fit in with everything. It's cool, um, and I'll and I'll t- and I'll take his word at that. But like that was a game where they basically cut support within a month of launch. Like they, mm-hmm. it was just an instant, like, well, uh, we missed and they halted ongoing development after that. Like you go into that game right now, there's a bunch of live service game shit still there. That's not hooked up to anything, not talking to anything. It is just like the entire conception of the game, uh, was kind of dead on arrival and yeah, this, you can still play is, it, but it just didn't, didn't go anywhere. Looking at their, 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 their development history for the like last 10 years, you've got company of heroes 2, 2013, Dawn of War 3, 2017. So they're taking, you know, they're, they're a studio that broadly seems to probably have two projects going, but like one game that's the main production for its hand, like resources are handed off to the other. 2021, you have the unique situation where Sega works out a deal with Microsoft and they develop Age of Empires 4. That game, good, bad? Where did we end up on Awesome that game. Okay. And awesome. Yeah. Um, that's 2021. And then, and then resources must shift over to Company of Heroes 3, which comes out February 2023. And nothing is announced currently for the future of Relic, which makes me very curious what the future of Relic even is there. Is there a scenario where they are just I forget what's the the Total War studio called? Uh, Creative Assembly. But Creative Assembly is has moved into a support studio uh, like thing where there's like create like they just announced uh, Total War Pharaoh, which may be made by Creative Assembly Sophia. And so they do, like, Creative Assembly has been looking for ways to broaden its development pipeline. And so there would be, is there I'm a world sure like Relic Sega. 
kind of becomes like a Vancouver extension. It would of, not totally surprise me if they end up doing some ongoing work for various Total Wars. Yeah. Which um, would be a you know a bummer place for for the studio to to end up, but uh, it just makes me. I guess that the, like maybe the the question leaving on is like where do you like this scale of strategy game? Like, is it just harder to? Is there just not really a market for it anymore, or is the market harder to pin down, or is this just unique to the kind of games that Relic makes, and this is just what happens? Eventually, you run out of track, and you know you've got to you know try something else. RTS games, I think, are a uniquely challenging environment right now. I think that is a that is a major issue with it is that when they were at their peak, they were really good vessels for narrative storytelling. And now with changes in technology and the way games can tell their stories in other formats, like RTSs don't have that advantage. And so it is a very fussy way to get at a single player narrative experience. And I think that puts a lot of people off. I suspect it's still like viable at a smaller scale. I suspect that there's a sustainable level that the places places can hit. I think the people that really talk to you about this because I've never been a hundred percent clear. If you talk to like Blackbird Interactive, was Homeworld Deserts of Karak like was it a was it a success? There hasn't been another, but they're making another Homeworld game. Uh, you know, do that seemed like a game that was very cleverly scoped and operated at a very a very good scale. Was that doable and repeatable? Or even there, are you running up against the limits of like what is sustainable given given the market? I, I have no idea. Um, I it's it, it's heartbreaking because I love these games. I think at their best, they're 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 magical experiences. Uh, I've had magical experiences with the company of Heroes Three, but it is just so hard to break outside the bubble and within the bubble. Everyone's always got their knives out. Everyone. It is a very challenging community to develop to develop for because the thing is the people who are really diehards about this all those little issues that i'm like yeah it's kind of annoying i don't know like i guess maybe that's a little unbalanced the sheer number of like games they're going to encounter that and it's just gonna be a little poke in the eye i think mm-hmm. this is why these communities like tend to get toxic is because like for me it's like oh, i'll play this game you know a couple times a week uh you know it's not perfect but i'm sure patches will address it it's it's, it's fine it's, it's a lot of fun if you're playing like dozens of games a week and every time you're seeing the shit, uh, I suspect you turn into one of those folks on Reddit who's who's just like going up there and being like, get a load of this shit, y'all. And everyone's like, yeah, fuck, fuck, Relic. this game sucks. And so I think it's I think there's a there's a lot of challenges to developing in that space. Uh, we should take a quick break. And when we come back, we should talk a little bit about uh, state of play. back after this. All right, so I've been informed uh, it is in fact not a state of play. It was a PlayStation showcase. That was that awkward pause at the end of the last segment. Mm-hmm. Was a minute I said I was like, no, it was the other one, wasn't gotta, it? Gotta, yeah, gotta make sure we get the SEO uh, right on on this one. Uh, yeah, is this just you just want to talk about Alan Wake too? 
I forgot you know, let's we talk got about Alan, Alan Wake 2. <laughs> Rob, I forgot we got Alan Wake 2. We stay winning. Oh, I that love this showcase. So, yeah, um, they, they showed a trailer for Alan Wake 2, announced it's coming October 17th. Um, as an aside, they're not doing a physical release. They are just doing a digital release for the game so that they, I believe, so they don't have to charge 70 bucks. What um, about my collector's edition? You can get a deluxe digital edition. And my guess is they do like a partnership with limited run games or something later. That well, if they do another art book like they did for Control, then yeah, like that's, that's a day one perch. And, and they're probably going to because like I feel like that's kind of becoming the remedy thing is games with vibes uh, <laughs> and vibes that, that are expressed in book. Yeah. And this one had fucking vibes, uh, which is interesting because it doesn't look like it's just Alan Wake vibes again. It's. Yeah. A different, you know, like Alan Wake, at the end of that game, he leaves behind sort of the Twin Peaks environs for something much more like uh, metaphysically horrifying. And then with the fact that that universe is adjacent to the control universe, the setup for the new game is just sort of automatically like less grounded in reality and more grounded in like ethereal nightmare fuel. Right. I think it's like different kinds of like dream world, right? If 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 Alan Wake is like a Twin Peaks ass dream world then like this is i mean this is closer to something like it reminded me of the evil within too yes yeah it it, it reminded <laughs> me of the evil within too in terms of like the specific kind of like bad vibe dr- hey this dream has bad vibes uh energy is is the evil within two energy and you know i've always said we need an evil within three that's like evil within two God, that's always. But now it would be like with Alan Wake. <laughs> yes, yes. It, and also, like I don't know. I think I'm I'm very happy to see them looking at Alan Wake as a franchise and being like, you don't have to play as Alan Wake. That's silly. Yeah, you can you can you can be someone else other than. Well, Alan let's Wake. them do both, right? Like, how do you do? You, do you want an entire game in this in in the surreal? No. So how how do you ground the game back in the real world a little bit? Yeah. And and having this. I guess like FBI agent that is investigating, I think what's characterized <clears throat> as a series of murders. We don't know what that means exactly. Uh-huh. And that allows them to do still some of the stuff where it's like the really fun bits, uh, where it'll be nice to have a complete dreamscape, which is I'm sure where Alan Wake is stuck at the moment. Although I guess the trailer ends with him being pulled out of it. Uh, yeah. But, but the idea of like still having, or did the other person get pulled in? Yeah, uh-huh. I guess that's, mm-hmm. I, that's possible. <laughs> I really did seem like, he was surprised to be Someone there knew. as opposed yeah. to her the other way around. Uh, y'all seen the I'm website? So, Look at these fucking I'm vibes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because if there's one... God, this fucking rule's caught out. <laughs> if there's, like, one thing I want, it's for Alan Wake, one of the sh- men with the shittiest vibes in human history. There's one of the all-time shitty vibe characters to have sat in the pain matrix for like seven years, and I want to see what kind of scrungly, fucked up little guy happens when you put Alan Wake in the pain matrix for seven years, and then immediately introduce him to like a plucky FBI agent. I'm I'm <laughs> desperate for this. So yeah, and then it looks like there's a bit of um, they're doing a uh, like Scalder and Molly type situation mm-hmm. with like the FBI agents. Oh um, my god, Mandy. Yeah, a bit of that too. But like, it looks they're touching on like the the Agent Nightingale stuff from the first game, where he's the FBI agent who realizes he's a character in one of Alan's novels and is like, "I have to kill this guy before before his story kills me." 
Uh, so I'm curious if like we're actually kind of in a, in a prequel scenario here. It it just looks really interesting in terms of what's what's going on, and it's got a lot of the folks from the uh, Remedy Ensemble, right? Like James McCaffrey's been voicing characters in th- in that universe uh, since Max Payne one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it seems like he's got a, a featured role here. So I am I'm super <laughs> Sam, Sam Lake just well, putting himself in the game. In the game. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, just shoot your shot. Well, you already shot your shot. This is you just owning it. It's 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 tremendous. I I hope Sam Lake is a main character or like a a central side character. That would make me <laughs> deliriously happy. I'm so fucking excited for Alan Wake too. Yeah, it looks it looks good. Um, the fact that you know confirming a release date means that they they feel pretty confident about that game. Uh, you know, actually coming out uh, this year, it looks awesome. They definitely. If they said they were going to go for more of a horror vibe and not, you know, Alan Wake was more tense than it was explicitly scary. Uh, and I'm sure this game will have a mixture of that, but they've said they've wanted to make emphasize survival and horror, not necessarily survival horror, but like those two different elements and how they interact. And I'll be, I'll be definitely curious to see how that is elaborated on. Um, it looks good as hell though. I'm like to have a next gen Alan Wake is not a, a place I expected to be in. And the fact that Epic just said, ah, fuck it, go make the game. <laughs> like just to, like that Fortnite money. And look, I like Fortnite too, but you know, have Fortnite, the engine that produces a game like Alan Wake two, that probably shouldn't exist at this budget and scale. <laughs> um, is 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 a good place to be. So um, what uh, so like that that yeah, that was definitely in my wheelhouse when when that showed up. Uh, Patrick, like, what was what were you super stoked about when you when you saw it come up in the in the showcase? Well, unfortunately, the thing that comes to mind uh, that is most out of mind is the lack of PlayStation VR two software being being shown <laughs> when I. When I reviewed that hardware uh, earlier this year, I was impressed by the hardware. I was, uh, you know, I thought the Horizon game was pretty good. It was it wasn't um, anything amazing, but it was it was like it's a lot of what I was excited for was hey, if Sony says they're going to do this, great. Then that means they're going to put AAA production budgets behind a bunch of VR games. I think that might be a a poor sales pitch. I don't know that's going to work out financially for the company, but that's not my problem. I'll get to play a bunch of cool games made by big studios with with big budgets um, in in virtual reality, a space that I like dipping in and out of. And a lot of the launch lineup for PSVR 2 was one game, a Horizon, uh, a spinoff, and then broadly a bunch of ports from what is the current sort of king of VR, which is the the Quest 2. Uh, And those games are better on PSVR 2. They're they're good games. I, I think the conclusion I drew from that review was, if you've been holding off on VR, this is a great entry point with a great uh, piece of hardware and a lot of games you have not experienced. But if you've had any experience with VR, there's basically no reason for you to jump in on this because it's just slightly better. Like you already played Res before. Do you want to do it with eye tracking? It's neat. I don't know that it's $500 neat and then paying for an upgrade to you know upgrade your, your existing PSVR purchase to the PSVR 2 version of the game because none of those games were compatible they had to be brand new versions of those games. Um, and there just wasn't a whole lot here in the showcase that suggests to me the company is really excited about the future of VR, that they're investing a lot of first-party support into the future of VR. 
it, 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 you know, if I was to just make a conclusion based on this showcase, it would be they're happy with having produced a like a uh, really nice piece of hardware that will get a lot of the ports of games. Because if you're a VR developer, why wouldn't you make it for PSVR yeah. if you're already making it for the other platforms? And that's okay, I suppose, but that is a lower bar than I was expecting. And if that's where we end up ultimately with the device, I would find that to be a profound disappointment. And so it's hard to like to tell, is that actually where we are at? Or Sony just didn't want to start talking about what it has cooking. And there's an easy way for me to try and create more hope for the future, which is that broadly they didn't talk about much of anything that was in the future for their first party lineup, for the things that their studios are working on. Last of Us Factions is a game that is supposed to come this year. And we saw nothing of it here, despite it being (laughs) the kind of showcase where you think, now is that a game where it can get its own billing and get a bunch of hype? Yes, but it also would have been a great spot for a teaser trailer that's just like, and here's also something working on. We're excited to talk about it later. Just didn't get a lot of that. And so I do some I, stuff I, is being held back for Games Fest so that they can do like the and now a musical interlude. Yeah, I would assume so. Right. Yeah. I, you know, even Games Fest last year, I'd say like the Summer Games Fest, like, tr- you know, showcase was pretty disappointing. It was, it, you know, had a lot of stuff you and I were excited about, Rob. Another sci fi horror game. Lap it up, you know, like, um, (laughs) couldn't be more excited. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see if that is actually the case, right? Because Keely, despite having, you know, kind of slayed the dragon that is E3 is at the whims of the consequences of all of these actions, which is, sure, Keely will get a couple of things, but these companies want to do all their own showcases. And now we just sort of, scattered to the winds and you know i, I thought it was interesting. yeah but see. if there's a big stage sometimes you do save stuff for a big yeah. stage where you can do like more live production and he has a stuff. close relationship with drug like you know they, they it would not shock me if faction showed up at summer games fest um and that, that is where they showed that for the for the first time and in the totality yeah. of the year that is that is pretty close to one another in terms of of announcements but if you know if you were looking for this showcase to be and what's next for playstation um, I think that was like broadly answered by Xbox's kind of funny tweet that was like, look at this great lineup of games coming to Xbox, which was like three fourths of the things shown in Sony's lineup. Hey, speaking of Keeley and just like uh, hobby horses that dude has and connections, can y'all catch me up on like the state of Metal Gear and how we should feel about these Metal What's Gear that? collections? Because like my understanding was Konami destroyed their game's, like, development pipeline and then was occasionally going to cash in and, like, have things wearing the skin of some beloved franchises. But, like, by and large, it was all kind of a crime against God and nature. And that doesn't appear to be the game plan anymore. I didn't see people, like, people seem stoked about, like, uh, Return of Classic Metal Gear. So, it's worth noting that... um I believe this is the case. I want to I want to qualify this, but uh there was a change in gambling laws uh in Japan that has basically meant that like part of Konami's business, uh the other half of their business got real dicey real fast uh and they have to reinvest in games effectively um because uh the other half of their business is uh suddenly a lot less profitable um than it was previously. Yes. They also own a bunch of um, exercise places, yeah. if I recall correctly. Um, but 
I will say this, like a, a re-release of Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, and Metal Gear Solid 3 would be great. I'd love that. Um, I wonder if it'll be Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Uh, it will probably be the original and not the Twin Snakes version. Sadly. They've already shown screenshots of oh, um, in development versions, and it's, it's the original. It's not Twin Snakes. Damn it. So. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I, want my, I want my jet plane noises, Patrick. I don't think Twin Snakes is like that. I that that lives in emulation and i don't yeah. think that that game is ever going to get a a proper re-release i mean they have said that like the 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 collection is a volume 1 so we don't know what volume you know if metal gear sickos would probably be more volume 2 or 3 depending on how deep they go i mean i'd love if they re- revisited it and re-released it it's one of yeah. the only metal gears i have not played um but um one no, no, the, no, the, twin no, twin snakes. The, the, well, game, the GameCube remake with uh, right, right. Silicon Knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still no, one. I played everything. That's why I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume volume two would be Peace Walker four and five. I think four and five might be, might be good five on its own. I wonder if five, five is too recent where it's just, you know, pay the piper, you know. Yeah, but, that may be a, yeah, um, that would make sense. Uh, please, Metal Gear Acid, please and thank you. Is that the oh, thing? Yeah. Give me my give me my Metal Gear Tactics card game. Fuck right! It's super good. I'm it's so great. mad. It's I never good. played that game. <laughs> good Kato. You should hold out a little longer on the, in the event that they they, they, do. they There's two. There's two of them. There was a Metal Gear Acid and Metal Gear Acid right. Two. The second one got like a really cool uh, kind of like cell shaded visual upgrade. If I if I remember correctly, and like there, I didn't play the second one, but the first one was like dominated my PSP for yeah. a long time. It was a that was excellent game. That was me with Peace Walker. I I absolutely love Peace Walker. Um, and so I'm ex- I'm I'm very hopeful that we'll get another Peace Walker re-release because we did get one already. Uh, it was re-released in addition to Metal Gear Solid Two and Three, which were re-released in an HD collection for the PS4 uh, at like <clears throat> PS4 and Xbox uh, One at launch, uh, or like pretty close to launch. They released those collections, and then it all fizzled out from there. And you know. It, at, at this point, Metal Gear Solid Four is like bordering on abandoned wear. Like it is, it is. Mm-hmm. It has not been so released anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, the the funniest part about the there's been a lot of rumors about this Metal Gear Solid Three uh, remake, and people have been spending a lot of time before it's been announced because it's taken a while for Konami to sort of get its shit together. Uh, frankly yeah. speaking, uh, in terms of being a sort of a development hub again, whether working with partners or doing things internally, and it's still not really clear right now how much they're doing internally and how much is just partnering with lots of other uh, different, uh, de- I believe, I, th- I think someone asked Konami about, there was a statement from the Metal Gear Delta, you know, d- development team, um, uh, very SEO friendly <laughs> by making that a triangle. Um, uh, and it was like, this is a combination of, I think Virtuoso is the studio and then internal Konami people. But I, my reading there is like broadly, this game is being made externally with oversight from from konami but for a long time as people are trying to figure out what is this going to look like konami has been redoing metal gear solid 3 assets but they've been doing it for cutscenes in metal gear pachinko machines uh so it's not the original cutscenes. it's like updated like new models like new lighting oh, something called synergy my friend yeah wow. yeah it's been incredible to watch it's like I, i'm excited you know Three is my my favorite of of the Metal Gear game, so I'm yeah. if I was ever going to revisit one, this yeah. is the the one I want. But it's been delightful to watch like Metal Gear heads just like desperate, like what would it look like if it was updated and given 
you know, a new coat of paint. And it's like our best guess at what that looks like is is Konami's vision for the gambling machines. And it doesn't seem like and there was like some running theories. You know, if this company is famously sort of cheap. Would it. Is this are we just seeing previews of assets that they're going to use in the future? And it seems like that is not the case. The, the, the pachinko assets are not what they're using for Milgar Solid Delta. But, you know, the thing that is you know completely I think it's very easy to imagine how you would do a pretty simple like aesthetic pass of Metal Gear Solid 3. I think fundamentally as a mechanically that game is still pretty sound, but you cannot re-release this game in 2023, 2024 without doing a gameplay pass if you're going to re-release it as a new game and not a just like HD collection or whatever. And the moment you do that, the moment you start touching those things, you start introduce, you know, you start touching this- the things that Cannot be all attributed to Hideo Kojima, right? But like, if we just use that as a broader way of talking about what that game was, um, you get into very interesting territory because at least Silent Hill 2's remake, however you feel about Blooper, and like, I'm, I'm with you. A lot of criticisms are valid, reasons to be concerned about that remake. Lots of the original folks that worked on that game are deeply involved in that remake. And so there'll be plenty of blame to go around if you don't like how it turns out. Here... We have no indications of like who on that original staff, if any, are touching this. Kojima down. Um, and and I think that is valid reason for some concern on, you know, these this series is like very much out of a vision of a person that filters down to that staff and then they execute on it. What does it mean when they are removed from that? I don't think it's necessarily disaster, but I do think it's gonna breed a lot of like pretty valid crit- uh, concern uh, and criticism as they start to actually talk about what this is. Cause we didn't see anything in the footage. It's just, it's just snake, a new does, snake model. Um, yeah. Does the PlayStation five controller do uh pressure? Does it have pressure yes, buttons? It's so much haptic. Oh, oh, pressure buttons. I don't know if it has pressure buttons. Was that the whole thing? got rid of that, right? Of- I don't think that's a thing anymore. Is it? Uh, well, it has a is, it, is it just like a thing that, triggers. yeah. Is it, is it a thing that's just like nobody uses, but they keep building in for like legacy support or is it just like, no, it wouldn't work because like, right. One of the things was like, if you let like press like the different, like, um, Oh, this is so funny. You could, I yeah. Googled, yeah. PS5 pressure sensitive. First thing that comes up from a well, this this Reddit user has deleted their account. I wonder what they got up to. Anyway, <laughs> PSA Dual Sense does not have pressure sensitive face buttons. Continuing the trend wow. from DualShock Four, right? Which means okay. what this means is that classic PlayStation games like Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid, Solid could never work on PS5. There's yep. many aiming and firing techniques use pressure sensitive. Face buttons. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going yeah. to read all this, but do you remember how exactly did the pressure sensitive stuff work? <laughs> it was like if you like kind of lightly press, it would start aiming. And then like full hard press is when you would actually fire. But then from like the half press, you could kind of slowly let go. So to, the trigger uh, buttons aiming. do do that. They ha- The trigger buttons on the, P- the, on the, on the right. dual sense So they could maybe yeah. move around to get that some of that back. But that was all face button stuff. That was all like square and shit. So that's the different thing. It's like yeah. the, the triggers... Do I remember experienced this in Returnal and greatly disliking it, which was like, <laughs> I forget exactly what they were assigning to it, but it was like a yeah. half press did something, a full press did another. And in the thick of a fight, I did not want to think about like how much my finger was pushing down. Well, I think fires. It, 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 it works. 
it w- it works a lot better. I feel like in this context of it being stealth, because you're already moving slowly, right? Like you're moving methodically. You have the time to sit and think, like, okay, I'm gonna slowly press this button. It's not an action game. I think. It but could. what was it doing? Was it like the difference between like going prone and crouching? Like what? What exactly? No, were you it was just like altering? it was just like the way you aimed was all one button instead of hitting okay. two buttons. But it was like mm. half press to start aiming, you move the reticle to where you need it, and then you full press to actually fire. I guess I was just wondering from the face buttons, because, like, yeah, yeah. What, no, that what was, was the being... face, that was on the, that was oh, on was square. It? That was on square. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Now I see, now I see. Because, like, yeah, they, they, they didn't use uh, shoulder buttons to fire until, did they do it in four, maybe? But, like, yeah, in mm, the... In... No, they did in three as well. Okay, so yeah. someone did respond. Okay, so because obviously these games have been re-released on right, different right. platforms. Yeah. So uh, I guess, uh, let's see. For example, in Mugger Solid 2 and Mugger Solid 3 on the PS2 and PS3 HD collection, you would need to hold the square button down lightly to aim. Yeah. Let's say a machine gun. You would aim and look around with the L1 button first-person view. When you're ready to fire, you'd hold square down firmly to begin firing your weapon. Mm-hmm. As it is now, when you press the square button on PS4 or PS5, because there's no pressure sensitivity... The gun just starts firing without you being able to aim it, oh my God. possibly alerting guards nearby. Nowadays, most games use L2 to aim, R2 to fire, but back then, Kojima and the Metal Gear team use square to aim, light press, and square to fire, firmly press. Yeah. Other actions like CQC, where you would hold up a guard to extract information, uh, use circle to grab him, press lightly, circle to kill him, press like, firmly. Holy, yeah, if you there hold it hard, it's like, like you're these. choking him out and killing him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is cool. <laughs> uh, there are many actions like these throughout the older games uh, or the series that make it impossible to join services like PS Now because they take away the controls of the player. PS1, PS3 controllers use pressure-sensitive buttons. But after PS4, Sony stopped incorporating that feature into the control hardware. I mean, certainly seem like solvable problems, but I think what, what is arguable like, is that is it kind of takes something away from like, the cool design idea that they, they had. Because actually that idea of like lightly press... To, to grab hold, hold yeah. for choke is 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 cool. <laughs> that is just that's just neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I really enjoyed that those games. I guess they're kind of just to do combos and context sensitive like stuff. To, yeah, like kind of go around that, which is probably a big part of the the work being done. Obviously, of remaking that game. I mean, like people people pointing out. I have to imagine this was. It makes sense that Kojima would do stuff like this, but otherwise probably mostly first-party games. But people pointing out like Gran Turismo 2 and 3, you would adjust the gas pressure like slowly over time with the X button as opposed to a binary, you know, go, um, not go, which is yeah. which is neat. Uh, before we call it a day here, we should also talk about Dragon's Dogma. We don't have do we, it's, tw- we, it's, like, it's we I can I can go like 10 more minutes. Uh, then I then I got to get in. I mean, there's not. Um, I mean, Ren, maybe you have more say in it than I do. Like, it looks surprisingly like Dragon's Dogma, and I say surprisingly because Dragon's Dogma felt like a weird accident of a game, and that when you're gonna commit to doing a sequel, it would not shock me if there was some streamlining and some sanding off of the edges to justify just the budget of a of a game. Um, these days, uh, regardless of of kind of scope and so the fact that it looks what do you think dragon's dogma 2 would look like eh, probably like that um <laughs> um and so i think that bodes well for it continuing to have a lot of the eccentric elements of dragon's dogma that i think will this game is going to get more attention than the original did and i, I think it will prove to be perhaps frustrating to some folks if they continue down that path but that's exciting for me as someone that 
enjoyed the weirdness, the friction, just the, it's just an odd game. Um, and it did seem like from that brief footage, I saw magic archer bullets and I saw a game that looks like Dragon's Dogma. That's kind of all I was looking for so far from <laughs> Dragon's Dogma 2. I'm very excited about Dragon's Dogma 2. Dragon's Dogma 2 is like deeply, sorry, Dragon's Dogma was a deeply formative game for me because it came out in 2012 when I was a youth and then re-released it as Dark Arisen when I was a slightly older youth. And like both <laughs> versions of the game were formative for me in different ways. Uh, I think I played the original Dragon's Dogma and Dark Souls, like maybe on back-to-back trips to the video rental store which was like a real one-two punch of like imagining different ways that third-person action games could be. Um, and it's since been like deeply influential to the way I think about games. And I am, like Patrick, like very like happy that it looks like fucking Dragon's Dogma. Uh, the things that like I that made me very happy to see in the trailer is like they they are continuing to commit to like one of these signature like aesthetic of of Dragon's Dogma combat, which for me is hit stop. Hit Stop is like one of the most like clear aesthetic signifiers of that game's combat system because like where most games will have like Hit Stop on which is Hit Stop when all animation stops upon like landing a powerful hit uh, where other games will have like Hit Stop on really big attacks. Dragon's Dogma has Hit Stop on most attacks and so you get this like if you're like swinging a big sword which you can see this in the trailer you get this chunky like click 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 as you swing through an entire group of goblins and it has this very like berserk-esque like there's there's a rhythm to it that i really really love um the other things that i saw that i like found really interesting is uh spells that do things to the physical environment are going to be like seem like they're going to be a little bit more important this time uh we saw like a bridge spell you could use spells that reshape the environment in the original dragon's dogma uh the like high quake ability would like create these massive spires of earth that like shoot out of the ground and like the idea of those being like physical pieces of geometry in the environment that you can then like use to jump it was all temporary the the, the, there'd be permanence uh to to it is from like both a combat and a puzzle perspective like is there a world like i can't remember like when you use the quake spell and the things come out of the ground could you climb those objects or they were just attacked so that i don't know if they're gonna go this far but that's where my that's where my brain started going when i saw well if i can make a bridge Exactly. Other things that I can make, and like, mm-hmm. could I? Because like, climbing, exploring, like, space is a huge part of what is a differentiator of of Dragon's Dogma um, in this style of game. And I was like, hmm. Now that we got to go full tears of the kingdom, but if like, if what we're gesturing at is is a sense of like you manipulating the physical space of the world around you, and then interacting with that more than just it's a cool attack is possibly very exciting. I mean, they also showed uh, a troll breaking a bridge, sorry, a a cyclops breaking a bridge by like stomping on it. And like the way that the bridge reacted did not seem like a canned, did not seem super canned in that way. Like that didn't feel like a set piece moment. That feels like a thing that can happen in the world to the environment, which makes me wonder if like using spells to... And, like, using abilities to reshape the environment will, in fact, be, like, a central gameplay pillar. Uh, And that would be really exciting. But also, like, you know, even setting aside, like, gameplay stuff, um, man, this trailer nails the tone of Dragon's Dogma. It makes me so happy to see all those little freaks uh, look like Dragon's Dogma characters and also, like, make really land the extremely grandiose energy 
uh, of of that first game. Uh, that trailer opens with a quote from uh, Honoré de Balzac, uh, who's this like French novelist. Um, and that quote is effectively translates to, um, oh God, uh, conviction is the human will at its highest form or like at its highest power. And the version of the word power that they use, puissance, is like used to talk about generally the power of the state and like archaically is used to talk about like the power of the state and the power of the sovereign. And so like, conviction is the highest is is human will like manifest as the will of the sovereign or the power of the sovereign is like a really cool tonal like thing to build the game around and the rest of the trailer seemed really interested in playing with like the iconography of the first dragon's dogma and like invoking the capital t capital s the state uh and like how power functions in that first game in a way that i'm like very excited about uh because i think that, like the original dragon's dogma story is not great but it is interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's not well, great but it is interesting it's got a sick ending though <laughs> it's got a sick ending and like I, the version of that game that would actually got to be finished instead of being like like cut down to 40% of its original scope um i wonder if that would have been like a really interesting and like unique narrative experience uh as opposed to like what we got which was an interesting and unique narrative experience yeah. but not in the most positive ways and like gotta squint <laughs> at it it's like well i see what you're going for and some interesting ideas um rob i think i can get us a transition out of here like using dragon's dogma which is to say uh so you go read uh austin's uh kind of like newsletter thing he does what was it clockwork um clockwork worlds clockwork worlds um he he wrote about dragon's dogma um sometime back uh i highly recommend go back and checking it out and austin pointed out something that i sort of knew but i kind of forgotten which is like one of uh austin i have like little connections over time like him emailing me when i worked at g4 to see if there was any freelance budget available which was i didn't um and then austin getting interested in dragon's dogma because i got interested in dragon's dogma and then did a quick look a giant bomb where I was trying to convince other people, I know this game is super weird, but like, it's kind of interesting. And that being some like foundational connection between the two of us in terms of what gets us like, I don't know that we get to waypoint unless that quick look of dragon's dogma happens. And much like the dragon hearts in dragon's dogma, our hearts were bound. And so the fact that yes, waypoint is ending, but you know what also is happening? Dragon's dogma two. And Rob, that just gives me, I don't know. The future <laughs> could be anything, couldn't it? They it made a sequel could. to Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> and if they made a sequel to Dragon's Dogma, of all things, <laughs> then anything could happen. Anything has happened. Like, if you didn't Marathon cancel, could if, come back. Marathon could come back. And if you, like, didn't cancel a sub, I mean, what could the future bring? Right? Exactly. Like... Uh, subs are powerful. People, people in there, they, they're they're canceling their subs. The Waypoint Plus uh, member fallen. I understand why, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, we told them to for a while, mm-hmm. and now we're not telling them to do that. Yeah, no, just <laughs> now we're saying, you know, hold yeah. on, hold on, <laughs> just hold on a second. Let it marinate a little. <laughs> Take your finger off the button, please. Yeah. We promise you, you just 
You want to, you know, you want to consider that. Bro. Vice isn't going to just start charging your card and being like, "They're not. They're not. You're <laughs> not going to get way out of bankruptcy." Uh, no, don't, you don't have to worry about that. That's not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, that's a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. The clock is now one minute to midnight, uh, but it is always darkest <laughs> before the dawn. If you want more from Waypoint, well, you got one more week. Uh, we're gonna, and let's see tomorrow as you were listening to this, Kado yeah. and I, Kado and I might be doing the final Motorsport Manager yeah. uh, stream, and that means everything is on the table. Overhaul, There's things baby. that I was like, Kado, we couldn't possibly do this. Why not? Maybe we could. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. maybe, maybe if maybe not now, now then when? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Patrick. Uh, Patrick and I discussed sports uh, and the damp squib, the new season of Ted Lasso, uh, on on the sports <laughs> podcast. There's going to be no new show Tuesday because Memorial Day uh, is happening, and we are not going to be recording on Monday, but. That means the final Waypoint Radio will be releasing uh, next week. We are also going to be doing uh, some kind of like proper send off stream for Waypoint. Uh, we are going to be handling all of that stuff on Thursday the 1st because, you know, once they actually do say you're laid off, you have to leave now, you tend to lose access to key infrastructure pretty fast. Yeah. Well, and it's uh, like the, we're going to have to sign, like, you tend to sign, like, Agree, like severance agreements, employee stuff, like on your final day. So it's just they'll be, and we don't know when those, you know, like when are those I times going to be. I might have to go into the office to hand over my laptop. I mean, stuff like my, that. They want my laptop back. Demand a like, FedEx box. Yeah, yeah. I could probably just, <laughs> but I'm also like, in the city. I'm here. It feels, I don't know. It's true. Yeah. The, key, the keyboard is fucked up beyond words, friends. Like, do you really want this back? Uh, you know, uh, the, but, frankly, they can have the yeah. laptop back. It's not a good, like, the one I have is trash. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah. but yeah, like, there's just be things going on that final day that, um, uh, to make it that we don't want to have to get tied up in a, in a goodbye. Like, it's a clean break on, on Thursday, you know, I think we'll have some stuff during the day and then have some have some fun in the evening. And uh, I don't think people will be disappointed if you show up. Yeah, um, I did see people. I got I got June 2nd circled for like the end of waypoint stuff. Maybe just move that over. June a tick. Just to circle June <laughs> circle 1st. June <laughs> that's that's the day because that is the day where like that's kind of the last normal day. And June 2nd is going to be uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of change happening that day. Uh, so, so keep an eye on, on, on June 1st. Our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can find us on Twitter and various other places, but I'm not going through that right now because I'm in a hurry. For now, we are calling time on this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Oh, Rob, we didn't get this source. The NBA's competition committee is discussing the potential of an in-game penalty for flops that would result in a technical foul free throw. Wow. (laughs) But you're going to have to figure out what's an actual flop. Like, guys are getting thwapped in the nuts so much that it's hard to tell. Like, (laughs) there are some. You're not really hurt, or are you just being a punk? 
Wait, they're flopping. Rob, they're flopping in basketball. What the fuck? Oh yeah, that's soccer realm. That's our shit. Get out of here. No, 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 no. Let me. No, no. I don't listen. I am. I am pro dumb bullshit in sports that's mm. the game mm-hmm. it's part of the it's like it's part it truly is there's a reason that hockey enforcers fucking rule there's a reason that, that soccer player who bites people fucking rule it's <laughs> Suarez yeah <laughs> I'm pro Suarez listen I think one of the things I said during the world cup was you. that <laughs> one of the things I said during the world cup is that I think I think that Suarez should get as many bites as Cristiano Ronaldo's are in that game. Okay, incredible. <laughs> Look, watch this clip. Rob, this is what we're talking about here, and I like LeBron, but fucking watch this clip. <laughs> like, come on! <laughs> Listen. Uh, um, hold on, he's the not into a- the slow, bro. Yeah. Slow-mo. Yeah. Oh, the slow-mo's oh, worse. Oh, oh. oh the he- <laughs> He throws the slow him. Bro, the slow bro is amazing. Uh, listen, he's not a good actor, but None he is an effective are. one. They are, yes, yes, yes. That's like, very funny. I appreciate flops in the same way that like you can appreciate theatrical performances, where it's mm-hmm. like this is not meant for cameras. This is meant. This is meant for like eighteen dudes running the fuck around and one ref to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, "There's like well, so many guys here." And I'm the like, weird thing is, if away. you don't flop, because the refs don't see shit, right? The refs right. are actually really bad at picking up like infractions unless there is a big tell like someone hitting the floor. And so to an extent, if you don't make a point of hitting the floor, if you've received like, like a foul, you'll never get that call. And that's your job. (laughs) You need, you need those calls. Right. Yeah. I've been needing the head before and didn't have a foul called. Like (laughs) if you get up, that's a you problem. That time they they caved in your chest cavity. Arguably you should have made a bigger, bigger deal out of that. (laughs) 